Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, December 15th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Silk, the economic impact on Shade Protocol. Let's take a listen. Hello, hello. Thank you for being on time and early. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to give it a few more minutes here uh, just to let people roll in and, and get the message out that the space has started. But, but welcome, guys. Awesome. Welcome, Christian. We'll, we'll bring you up. We'll bring Fisco up as well. We'll give it a, a few more minutes here, guys. Um, oh. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you? Good. I'm guessing this is going to be a little bit of a slower space today with the summit going on. Most, most definitely. But that's okay. Still some good information to share. Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. Hey, guys. Hey, Christian. Are you up? Are you up now? Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. We're gonna we're gonna get the word out here. Um, and give it a few more minutes. Well, this, like you said, Fisco, might be a, a very slow space, but if anything, we can use it as as content to to reuse later later on. I think we'll I think we'll get started. Um, obviously, just a very laid back session. Um, so, Christian, welcome welcome to the spaces. I think you've been on a couple before, but I don't know if we've particularly introduced you uh in in what you do for for shade but if you could give a a little bit of an introduction uh kind of what you do how you're involved and and where you are now sure uh so my name is christian uh, i also go by sbeam i was formerly an anonymous developer and member of the team these days i'm the, the head of engineering at shade protocol uh and uh Specifically, in the last couple of month, months, I've mostly been uh, half hands-on and half doing management type work. Uh, we have a lot going on at Shade Protocol, obviously, and orchestrating all of that work so that we can actually ship stuff in a timely, timely manner is a pretty interesting challenge that uh, I've been tackling with the rest of the team. Absolutely. It always, it always manifests itself in one way or another as to when you try to do something at large scale, there's always things that you run into that, that have no right to, to exist, but, but they do anyway. So in regards to kind of managing the, the engineering, what, what specifically are we working on that's, that's coming out soon that, that's been a part of that process? Well, the biggest ones... Uh, well, actually, we've already had some stuff that has already come out with the staking derivative and also bonds. Uh, but what's coming out next is uh, our IBC bridge and shade swap and shade lend, and of course, uh, silk. Uh, the exact order of that is uh, not fully decided yet, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've got we've got a, a whole lot of big stuff coming out right now. Um, and within the next month or so. Absolutely. So 
I guess in the in the spirit of this of this Twitter space, the economic impact on Shade Protocol of Silk. Let's let's dive a little bit into Lend and Silk itself because I know that's your specialty. So, could you give me a, a two to four sentence breakdown of of what is Shade Lend? Shade Lend is the primary way for Silk to enter circulation. Uh, it allows people to put up collateral to borrow Silk. So that's the utility for the user. They can take out loans denominated in Silk, and uh, those loans act as backing for Silk. So uh, the value of Silk is protected by the, the loans that users take out. And uh, the, the, this borrowing mechanism is what allows Silk to maintain its peg over time. And what is the two to, two to three sentence summary of Silk specifically? Silk is a global, it's, it's a currency that is pegged to a global basket of currencies. Uh, and, and the most powerful thing about it is that it's responsive. So it's adjustable by governance. We have the ability to change the basket uh, if we want to move away from currencies and go to commodities, if we wanted to change the composition of the currencies and so on. So Silk is, is really a, the first of its kind of currency that can always react to the, to the different macroeconomic environment. and always be a, an inflation hedge, something that maintains your purchasing power, et cetera. Uh, but, it's, but its goal is to be a stable coin, low volatility without giving you direct exposure to any one currency. Awesome. Thank you for that. So I guess my, my next questions are kind of related to, to Shade Lend as a product. Obviously, there's been lending products before Shade Lend, and there will be lending products after Shade Lend. But Specifically, how is Shade Lend positioned to be a, a better experience, a unique experience for users, um, specifically talking about the aspect of privacy? Well, what, one of the most uh, interesting value adds from privacy specifically is that on uh, other lending protocols and really on any other blockchain, when you take out a loan, your lending position is public. And people will know your liquidation price and people will know how much exactly you've taken out and so on. And, uh, you know, this, this lets people play around with market manipulation if they have the ability to. Um, and it's also, depending on how your price oracles are implemented, it's also a vector for flash loan attacks. Uh, this kind of public information is uh, potentially dangerous. And with the privacy on secret network, when you take out a loan, the size of your loan is obscured. Your liquidation price point is obscured. Nobody even knows you even really took out the loan. The only information that's public is the total amount of debt and the total amount of collateral in each collateral vault. So uh, you are totally protected when you take out a loan on Silk Lend in that regard. Uh, you still get liquidated if your if your collateral goes down, but uh, there's there's no there's no risk of market manipulation. Of someone specifically targeting a position, um, and of course, by proxy, that protects the regular user as well, who might not be targeted, just because if if nobody's being targeted, then the price of silk and uh, everything is going to remain stable and healthy. Um, but beyond that, Lend, uh, at least in the first version, strives to achieve feature parity with other lending protocols out there. So you know you'll, you'll be able to deposit blue chip crypto and borrow silk for uh, a one-time borrowing fee plus 
uh, a low interest rate. And uh, you pay back whenever you want. Your loans don't auto repay. There's no payment schedule. As long as your collateral is over a certain threshold, the value of your collateral is over a certain threshold, uh, you can never repay. You can repay slowly, uh, whatever on your own terms. Interesting. So with a private lending position, since since that is a protected kind of not obscured per se, but but again, just a protected position. What does that mean for for institutions that that could potentially come from the Ethereum ecosystem, bridge their assets in, take a take a private lending position and then bridge back out? Yeah, exactly. That's probably one of the biggest value adds to the privacy Uh, for a lot of people, uh, big players in particular. Uh, you know, people watch their wallets, people watch the flow of their money. They know exactly where it's going. They know exactly what they're doing with it. Maybe they're doing that for copy trading reasons. Maybe they're doing that for malicious reasons. Who really knows? Um, but with the secret network, uh, the, the entire network is, is private, of course. Uh, so that, that movement of money is, is untraceable. And also, uh, Taking out those loans is untraceable. So someone might be able to see that money's coming into secret network from Ethereum and it's coming from an institutional wallet. But as far as what they do with that money, nobody really knows. So using your example, if you bridge from ETH, you take out a loan, then you can take that money back to the to your to ETH. You know, you take your silk, you sell it for USDC or something, take it back to ETH, and now you have this loan. It's safe and protected because nobody knows you took it out. Nobody can specifically target you. Nobody knows what your liquidation price point is. And then you get your money on a different chain back in the public sphere and you're free to do whatever you want with it. Interesting. That's a, that's a very, very unique use case that, again, I don't, I don't think a lot of lending protocols can say that that's an, an ability of theirs. It's a very unique, unique thing to shade lend. Um, so, Kind of moving into into Silk a little bit more. Obviously, Silk is this is this global stablecoin that's pegged to a basket of of currencies that that represent the the globe, the world um, for for stability. How how does Silk fit into Shade Protocol, and and how does Shade Protocol leverage Silk via all of the applications that are included in the ecosystem? The Shade Protocol. Um, you know, the mission is that it's a it's an interconnected network of DeFi primitives. So all the basic DeFi verbs that you'd expect to do at a DeFi network is is what we strive to make available at Shade Protocol. So that's, you know, borrowing, swapping, and saving, yield farming, et cetera. Um, and all of that involves using money, right? So Silk is the bedrock. It's the foundation of the entire Shade Protocol financial system. And so all of the swapping is going to be denominated in silk and all of the lending is going to be denominated in silk or not strictly silk, but it's going to be very silk forward, right? It's going to be featuring silk very heavily. Most of our pools are going to be paired with silk. Most of our lending is going to be with uh, silk focus. And in fact, in the first version of lend, there will only be silk lending. Um, The advantage of this for the protocol is obviously that uh, all of this utility uh, it, it creates demand for silk naturally, and that organic demand for silk helps with partnerships and stuff, which helps spread silk. And, and the more silk spreads, the stronger and more stable it is. And um, all that utility, or, that, or rather all that utilization, generates fees, which goes back to the DAO. 
which also goes back to the stakers. And um, the really interesting part for me, because I'm a, I'm a nerd about finance a little bit, the, the idea of having this currency that enters circulation and you actually generate fees and revenue off of it is, is really interesting. Because like in the, in, the, in the traditional space, the fiat currency, it enters circulation because the, the issuing agency has decided to create more. Uh, and that's kind of it, right? But with silk, as silk demand grows, that demand is met with more loans on lend. And those loans generate money. And that demand for silk also generates fees for because people are swapping and, and using it for things. So there's, there's all these different layers where DeFi activity on the protocol generates yield. And also, um, you know, it gives these avenues for people to actually use silk. So uh, it's really interesting. It's really foundational. And every single product that we launch, just like the, this, the synergy, it's, it's, it gets better and better every single time. So uh, very, very exciting and very original. Something I yeah. haven't seen in DeFi anywhere. I think the, the word that stands out to me is that you said foundational, where, where silk is this bedrock that, that secures, for, for lack of a better word, um, or ties together, per se, the entire suite of, of DeFi applications. So the more DeFi activity that exists, the easier it is for, for silk to become bigger and bigger in regards to adoption and in regards to, to market cap, uh, market capture. So it's, yeah, it's very interesting, especially like you said as well, that in the traditional world, the, the fees generated or the, or the value capture doesn't exist. The, the issuing entity just creates and then there is more supply. The, the way that this is happening with Silk and Shade Protocol is that Silk is only introduced to the market if the market demands it. And if the market demands it, it's also, it's, it's capturing value. That's, that's correct, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's a again a very unique unique position to 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 be in in regards to a to a protocol with with its native or with its native stablecoin. So, how I guess how do regular everyday users get the get the most out of Len? Get the most out of Silk? It's a good question. Um, lend, especially with lending in particular, because people are. They, they tend to be afraid of anything around margin and leverage and borrowing um, and for good reason. If you don't do it well, it can be very dangerous. So um, we're very transparent about the risks and they're outlined in our docs. So certainly if, to get the most out of Lend and Silk, I would read and understand all of our docs very carefully to understand what the risks are um, and, and what is actually happening with your money as it, as it gets deposited into the smart contracts. Um, but beyond that, at a higher level, um, you know, the primary purpose of Silk in your portfolio is likely to be a, a, a currency-based position um, where you want to hedge against the volatility of the global, of, of global currency movement, uh, which obviously would be very interesting in, the, in, the, in recent times, given how much all the currencies have been fluctuating relative to each other. Um, but otherwise, it, because it's such a stable asset, uh, the expectation is that you just keep it in your wallet and do whatever you want with it, which in the first version of the protocol is going to be primarily with uh, swapping. Um, but for, but you know, later on, we're going to have 
more opportunities to use your silk to be able to save it and generate income from holding that silk and depositing it in an account, just like a savings account. Um, there'll be other ways to utilize silk as well for more creative users, such as for uh, shorting and longing different positions and leverage trading and, and so on. Uh, that's a little bit more complicated. Um, but as long as you, you have currency right now, let's say you're an atom holder or a secret holder, and you want to do something a little bit extra with that money, uh, locking it up in Lend and taking it out a small loan of Silk is certainly a, a great way to gain some additional leverage without taking on too much additional risk. Uh, in particular, uh, probably the key idea is that with Lend, since your debt is denominated in Silk, if you take out debt in the form of Silk and you hold on to the Silk, you're not actually exposed to any of the volatility of silk. Uh, so the value of silk goes up or down because your debt also went up or down in value. You actually didn't gain or lose any money. So it's, it's actually fairly, fairly safe. Uh, you'd only be exposed to the volatility of your collateral. Um, I'll leave it there. Uh, if anyone has more questions about how they want to utilize it, feel free to DM me on Twitter or <laughs> even, even on Discord. I could, I could go on literally for probably days how to use products like this but i think that's sufficient well yeah it's a fantastic answer and i think the the best way to sum it up is always to just do your own research and make sure that you understand the product that you're putting your financial assets into if if you don't fully understand the product you you probably shouldn't fully com commit to using your finances with that product so it's always just for the best to recommend like like christian said understand the product, read the documentation. And if you, if you get it and you, and you still want to use it, by all means, still use it. Um, but that's always, again, just the best way to, to approach DeFi, to approach financial products that, that exist. So with, with that being said, where, where do you see this, this ecosystem going in the next three to five, 10 years that, that's Shade Protocol and, and Silk? That's a big question. Uh, <laughs> and I, I almost don't want to say what I see <laughs> because it's probably probably too much and Carter would kill me and you would kill me too. But, but uh, man, it's, it, it, there, there are so many different directions. I mean, the words that I used were the shade protocol financial system, which maybe is a lofty descriptor for just an exchange and just a lending protocol. But really, there's when you have the ability to create, in this case, our own currency, and then the ability to create any financial service on top of that, uh, there's, there's really no limit to how big Shade Protocol can get. So uh, I see us building out the rest of the, of the D5 verbs and giving users the option to do all the basic financial things that they would want to do in order to manage their money. And then from there, I see the adoption going uh, through the roof. And with the power of Silk as a currency, it's a very desirable currency to hold. With the additional utility of it, it gives people a reason to hold it. And uh, with the privacy, it's, you know, it's, it becomes the kind of thing where you can store me under your mattress without literally having stacks of cash under your mattress. And also, you actually still get to invest and manage your money without letting it sit there and just, uh, you know, degrade due to inflation. So 
there's this the huge amount of utility from having this this protocol fully complete um and well it's fully complete as it probably could be which is where i see it going in within three to five years um and then of course it'll be interesting with the governance turnover as well since uh as, you know as governance takes more and more power over the protocol uh that's going to be, be a very interesting challenge that the whole community is going to have to deal with uh but we have some really passionate and really intelligent people in this community who are interested in in leading um and i, I have total confidence that uh, the the protocol is going to be in good hands as, as governance really takes over yeah i i agree i <laughs> i appreciate your your um not lack of description but maybe some reservation in regards to, <laughs> to what we were <laughs> be talking about but i i fully agree with you there there really is no limit once you have these these d5 verbs in your at your disposal in regards to it to a protocol if you have things like swapping if you have things like lending if you have things like saving if you have things like bonds um it, it allows the protocol to kind of exist on its own and then as you grow as you develop you can then branch out and, and bring in from from external sources partnerships and and things like that and retail users and even institutional adoption and, and more corporation adoption to to expand in these in these products in these DeFi verbs so i i fully agree with you i think we both know where we want to see shape protocol in 10 years but it's it's just a very interesting dichotomy of you're correct like when governance has more of a of a play where where does the protocol go because then it's it's up to the community um fully to decide where the, the protocol should be making decisions and, and where we should be where we, sh we should be pushing and where we should be kind of reserving resources but it's it's an odd it's an odd discussion and, and there's really nothing to make a decision on except for when that time comes we will see right but um i think one of the one of the last questions i had for you um just just as like a, a general, you said you were a, a DeFi nerd, a finance nerd. Um, can you talk about a little bit what you did before Shade Protocol, actually? Because I, I know um, a little bit, but I think everyone else would like to know kind of the involvement that you had in the DeFi space. Sure, actually. So uh, I never I never worked professionally until I was working here uh, in the finance world. But I've always had a interest in finance. Um, I mean, I, I started actively managing my own money at a pretty young age, like pretty much as soon as I started making money out of college. Um, and like most young people entering the finance space, it took me about four to five years to understand that trading probably is not my, my ticket to financial freedom. Uh, so these days I'm kind of just a casual investor, but still, still interested in, um, finance very, very intimately, and uh, in particular, the sort of psychology and sociology elements of, of finance, like how prices are determined based on uh, people's feelings rather than the, the raw data, which is uh, a bit like black magic, honestly. But it's, but, it's, but it's just interesting to see how things like GME happen. But anyway, uh, outside, of, outside of my interest in finance, my, the, 
the story of my professional career was basically that uh, I got a bachelor's in CS. Uh, and right out of college, I started working at Raytheon, major defense contractor. I worked on a couple of projects over there, um, Patriot Missile, uh, uh, some air traffic control uh, and, and weather forecasting projects. Um, after a couple of years there, I decided that the major mega corporate life was not for me. So I went into the startup space. Uh, first, as an employee, I worked at a couple of companies, a couple of different ones. I also did some consulting and like mercenary work for a while at a bunch of different startups in the Northeast US. And I got a bunch of different experience. I learned a huge amount of stuff from uh, a bunch of different tech founders and, and entrepreneurs and other engineers. And I, you know, I sharpened my own engineering skills. Then uh, a couple of years ago, I decided I no longer wanted to be an employee ever again and started a company. And that was extremely stressful uh, and educational, though. I also learned a lot. I put a lot of what I learned over the years to the test, made countless mistakes, refined my own process. And now I'm here. Um, coming, I, I, I submitted a proposal uh, to Carter back in like November or December of last year. I literally just entered the telegram and was like, hey, I'd love to work with you guys. Who should I talk to? And that was it. That was all it took. I couldn't believe it. Uh, literally walked in the door and asked to see the manager. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and that, 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 was, uh, that, that was how I got into Shade Protocol. And ever since then, I mean, I've been obviously 100% all in on, on Shade Protocol. But uh, I would say my involvement in DeFi probably began back at the beginning of last year. Uh, I've been following crypto since the beginning, since since the 10,000 Bitcoin for a pizza days. Uh, but I never really started taking it seriously and, and actually using DeFi till last year, early last year. Um, yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave it at that too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate that. It's, it's always really cool, especially in a space that's, that's known for anonymity, to hear what people as individuals have done and, and or created in regards to just experience and, and things like that. It's, it's always very odd to, to not know an individual, um, but work with them very, very closely or, or know that they exist in a space that you use their product, right? And it's like, oh, well, who is that person? What do they do? Why do they, why do, they do what they do? So it's always very cool to add the color, add the individuality um, in a space that's known for kind of taking that away a little bit in regards to just the web three space. Um, but I, I don't have any other direct questions for you. Do you have anything uh, for me specifically? And if not, I think we will uh, call it on, on the top of the half hour here, obviously just a little bit slower of a space because of the secret summit. Um, if you guys haven't gone to the secret summit or watched it, Carter is actually hosting a space right now regarding DeFi. Uh, with Sonny, Eric Chen from Injective Labs, Brent from Umi, and then Rian, uh, Ron Yasnik from uh, Duality as well. So that's currently going on. Um, but yeah, if you if you do have any questions, Christian, more than happy to answer. And if not, we can we can jump off. No, I don't have any questions on the top of my head right now. I would definitely recommend everybody go watch Carter on that space right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, guys, thank you for joining. Um, obviously, again, like I said, Secret Summit's going on. 
So if you haven't, uh, follow Silk uh, at Silk underscore stable. Follow Shade Protocol at Shade underscore protocol. Um, go to secret.network backslash summit. Um, we'll be able to watch Carter host this DeFi panel. Um, but again, thank you guys for joining. Uh, we will be here not next week, uh, but the following week after that, uh, just for some holiday reasons. Uh, we are in the in the U.S., and so just for some holiday reasons, we, we won't be hosting things um, for next week and the week after. So, uh, yeah, excited for excited for the next episode. Um, it will be kind of talking about the long-term vision casting of Silk, and that will have Carter on it. Um, but for, for now, enjoy your, enjoy your morning, afternoon, or evening, where, wherever you are. But thanks, guys. Yeah, see you guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Silk, the economic impact on Shade Protocol, recorded on Thursday, December 15th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to Terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now, with Spark IBC enabled. Waking up like a basement dweller Stepped out the door and her braces yelling 2020, what an ugly shit show Staring at the fucking rig roll from the get-go Looking outside, the whole state's on fire The fuck do you expect when you embrace the liars And replace the writers with AI just like us Emaciated models killing bright birds First in, last out, picture me rolling The worst time to cash out, so what you holding? The Merc's gonna cash cow, country stolen Drooling over chicken like the goose is golden Trying to be so full, spitting that molten Lava from the bottom of the caldera I'm hot and gonna put it in a bottle And offer it to the god who hit the gas full throttle Blasting off in a rocket The many people who will, will see things happen to them That are in their favor Tell someone's looking over me. That's a that's a fascinating phenomenon when that happens. And what, when you analyze those situations, what you find is is that we as humans simply have a profound inability to understand statistics and probability. Stitching these writings, living that life like who would have guessed you turn out this nice, right? Avoiding stress, that's the motherfucking secret. Print that shit on a motherfucking leaflet. I'm just an asshole hooked on the bricks. Looking at the rectangles, damn, they kinda thick. We've gone through a whole lot of kings here. Cutting off heads just to bring cheer. Getting all fired up, Tiger King, line them up when you give an arm and a leg just to try the junk. On some first time buyer's luck. Alexa, set a reminder and remind me to buy a bunch. And put your hands up if you fuck this year. And keep them in the air if you're picking up the spare. And put your mask on just to go outside. Looking at the planet about to downsize. So climate change will not make Earth Basically, every other coastal city that we've spent thousands of years building uh, in the, since the dawn of civilization. Ten spaces.